not all already gone. Some of them I know is already gone down to the Dells for ladies conference this week. Amen. So it's always a great time for those ladies to get together and hear what the dove said the Lord. So keep them in prayers. They're traveling down for that. Amen. What an awesome time. Thousands of ladies coming together. Amen. Wow. There's a massive flow. <laughs> that much Holy Ghost in one place, man. Blow the roof off. Amen. They always have a good time. Amen. So, amen. So, let's remember our ladies. Amen. During this time. Amen. We want to get right into our study again tonight. We've been talking about growing in Christ. Amen. And if you notice our theme for the year is to grow in Christ. And that's the overall thing is that we must go on, as the Bible tells us, to perfection. Not laying the foundations of repentance, water baptism, all those things. We're going to do those things. That's a given. That's a given. That is a given. There are certain things you're going to learn to do automatically because you're born again of the water and the spirit. There's things you're never going to forget, you know, what God did for you, where you were. Amen. That's going to always be a part of you. So now, but we must grow. We've got to go on. There's so much more that we have not even scratched the surface. If you can imagine being in the formation with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. You know, they said it was probably over two million people, you know, walking and being able. I don't know about you, but if I saw water coming out of a rock, (laughs) you know, I think I'd have went wild that they provide for that many people. And, you know, the quail that was dropping, the manna that was dropped, to see God doing things for them that way he did. And the Bible tells us that I have not seen and ear have not heard the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. Now think about that. We have not even seen half of the things that God has for us. You know, it's just like when you read Malachi, you know, the Lord says, if you bring all the tithes and offering into the storehouse, you say, you prove me. He says, I'll open you up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Think about what God will give us and would do for us if we just become obedient to his word and follow after him and seek after him and trust him and walk by faith. And not by sight. Amen. And and start doing what he's asking of us to do. And as Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and leaning not to our own understanding. You know, even like the song says, even when we can't see him, he's working. When I don't feel him, he's working. See, because God can't lie. God has to perform what he says that he will do. We just have to learn how to wait and to trust him and to believe him. Think about it. You know, he told Abraham before he ever had a kid, he says, your son is going to go into captivity. And he's going to be in captivity for 400 years. You know, now the scripture tells me it was 430. So somewhere they messed up. They delayed the progress and the process for 30 years, (laughs) you know. Because they was only supposed to be there for 400 years. So somewhere they added some 30 years to their, you know, maybe it was part of that 40 years walking around in the wilderness, you know. 
before they decided to cross into the promised land. Because they got added another 40 years, you know, because they didn't listen. You know, so, but we, we have to realize that God has our best interests. And so we got to grow. And part of our growth, as we were studying last week, we saw that that growth flows out of having an understanding of the name. The name is a term used for identification. Amen. So we got to know the name of Jesus. Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say I, the son of man, am? He wants us to know him because once we know him, everything else flows from that. Once you know who he is, Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Man, it's like playing the game of Clue when you get the win, when you get it all figured out. And, you know, and you realize that Colonel Mustard did it with the candlestick in the bedroom. And you get the answer. You you figure that puzzle out. It's like putting a puzzle together. You get all the pieces together and you see the beauty of the picture on the box all over again. Well, it's the same way with the scriptures. You have to search the scripture, Jesus says in John 5, 39. He says, search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. But you won't come to me that you might have life. Say, he's come that we might have life, and that more abundantly, John 10, 10. So I got to come to him. I want to know him. I want to know him in his deity. I want to know him in his fullness. The Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. And let them return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy and he will abundantly pardon. Say, Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. So, you, boy, you're good back there. <laughs> you know? so, so, so you got to realize that God has something for us. And we got to grow. We got to know him. Oh, Paul says, Philippians 3, 10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto his death, that by any means I may obtain to that which I am also apprehended of. Christ got a hold of me. You remember that song, Jesus got a hold of my life? And he won't let me go. Jesus got into my heart. He got into my soul. I used to be all so sad, but now I'm happy, free, and glad because Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. Amen. Because he's got something for me. So I got to grow. Last week we was looking at these names. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. Adonai, the Lord and Master. Jesus says in John 13, 13, you call me Master and you call me Lord, for so I am. If I, your Lord and Master, has washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. We'll talk about a little bit more about that tonight. Amen. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Yahweh, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Roth. Rapha, the Lord the, the hills. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. Jehovah Teniskanu, the Lord our righteous. The Jehovah must kiss him, the Lord whom sanctify you. Elohim, the everlasting God. Elohim, God. Quinah, jealous. He's a jealous God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. Jehovah Shabbat. 
the Lord our host. Amen. Think about what God is in those names to you. And is all one, almighty God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Amen. And so when we understand that name, when we understand that God wants us to walk in kindness and being kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, and as we have looked at the scriptures and we come to this part, amen, of obedience, number three, amen, to grow in Christ, to grow in Christ. Now, the purpose of the church here is that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work, and what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. See, if I'm not increasing in the knowledge, I'm not growing. See, I'm supposed to increase. I'm supposed to know more and more. Knowledge is power. See, once you know him, you have power. You have authority. See, that's what Jesus says in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power authority to tread on the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. You've got authority. Demons tremble when they see you come. You don't have to worry. Amen. Fret not or fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he wants you to walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing. Notice in, in Hebrews 11, Verse 5, the Bible says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death because God translated him. But before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Notice, 300 years Enoch walked with God and he pleased God. Amen. That you might walk worthy. Of the Lord. How does you walk? You walk based on your knowledge. You walk based on your understanding. Say, if I know God, and we've seen from the onset the things that God hates in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. If I know God hates certain things, then I can't walk that way. Because it hinders my walk. And anything that hinders my walk hinders my growth in God. That's why Solomon says in Proverbs 26, 7, he says the, the legs of a lame man is not equal, and nor is a parable in the mouth of a fool. It don't do a fool any good to tell him a parable. It, it, he, he don't understand it. It's not going to happen. So if your legs are not equal, you know, it ain't going to do you no good. It ain't going to help you stand up better. It needs to be equal. You need to learn how to walk, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Everything you do as a child of God should be pleasing to God. Everything. You should, before you make decisions, before you go out and do anything, you should ask yourself that question. Is what I'm about to do going to be pleasing to God? Because I'm his. I don't own me anymore. No, you're not. That you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You're not your own. You're brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in what? Your body and your spirits, which is Christ. I want to be well-pleasing to him. I want my walk. That's what Jeremiah 6.16 says. Stand ye and ask, where is the old way? Where is the good path? And do what? 
walk therein, and you will find what? Rest to your soul. But what did they say? I'm not going to walk that way. Well, it's your, your fault. You, you run into all kinds of trouble. You start having all kinds of problems. You start having all kinds. Of, don't blame God. You know, he says, I told you to get in the right path and walk and you'll find rest. But if you don't get in it and stay in it, you're out of the will of God. And so it's not his fault when you start having situations and problems. You want to walk worthy. You want to be able to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter the joy which I have prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. Amen. So you want to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Everything that you do is fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit, Paul says in Ephesians 5.11, is in all what? Righteousness, truth, and Righteousness, truth, and goodness. So everything you do should be fruit. It should be growing. You should be growing in everything that you do. You should learn something out of everything that you do to help you to grow to be more like Christ. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. See? So that's why it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith. See? So we want to make sure we're walking worthy, being fruitful in every good work. And then what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Oh, I want to know Him. That's what John says in 1 John 2.26. If you say that you know Him, then you should walk the same way he walked. As I was saying last week, I don't understand how people can walk around and say, Jesus is my personal Savior, and they don't know him. If somebody is my own personal Savior, you know, I'm going to know something about him. I'm going to know who he is. I'm going to realize he's not some three persons in in the Godhead. I'm going to know him and the power Say, I'm going to increase in him so that I make sure that my life totally is a reflection of him. Let your light shine so men will what? See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So your works, the things that you do, must be a reflection for Jesus Christ. Your attitude, your actions, the places you go, the things you wear, the things you say, the things you do, the people you hang out with should always be a reflection of Jesus Christ so that people can see Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So we've got to walk worthy of the Lord. Amen. So tonight we want to touch on number three, obedience. Obedience. Obedience in human behavior is a form of social influence in which a person's yield to explicit instructions or orders from an authority figure. Obedience is compliance with an order 
request or law or submission to another's authority. It's amazing to me how many people say they're Christians and they're not obedient. You've got to obey. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch for your soul, that they may give an account, and they can do it with please, with joy, and not with grief. Because what? That is unprofitable to you. Amen. Say, you want somebody to testify about you. You want them to be excited to testify about your character. You know, if somebody came and asked me to fill out a, a, a job request for you, what do you want me to say? You want me to tell them excited? Oh, yes, I would love to fill out that job application. I would love to fill out that request for you. You know? Or do I want to say, oh, maybe not. I don't think you want me to fill out that request. Because you haven't been obedient. You haven't did a thing I've asked you to do. And so I guarantee you, if I fill out that request, you're not going to get the job. And I'll be honest with you. I've had some people contact me and ask me that people have put me down for a character witness and I tell the person other than, no, I would rather not fill it out. That just sent a strong message back the other way. See, so we got to learn to obey. We've got to learn to do those things that God is asking us to do. Because, see, if my life is well-pleasing to God... I'll be well-pleasing the others. See, we have to obey. The general concept of obedience, both in the Old and New Testament, relates to hearing or hearkening to a higher authority. One of the Greek terms for obedience conveyed the idea of positioning oneself under someone by submitting to their authorities and commands. Another Greek word for obey in the New Testament is to trust. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. Do you trust him? Do you trust those that are asking you to do things? Are they doing it to just be mean or are they doing it to help you grow? See, we have to learn how to trust. According to Holman's instruction by the dictionary, it's a distinct definition of biblical obedience to hear God's word and act accordingly. Think about it. To hear God's word and act according to what you read. That's why James says, don't be a hearer of God's word, but be a doer. Right. See, that's trusting God. That's obeying God. See, it's what you want. He, he's looking for obedience. Look at Psalms 20, I mean, is it 14, 28, or 28, 28, 44. Try 28, 44. Anyhow, it says, that when they hear me, they will what? Obey me. 1844. Psalms 1844. Try that. I think that might be it. There you go. Thank you. I was right. Amen. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The stranger shall submit themselves unto me. Notice, when we hear of him, we should obey him. We should reverence him. We should trust him. 
He has my best interest at heart. So when we hear the word of God, we should act accordingly. Amen. God, what are you telling me? God, what are you showing me? You know, what do you want me to do? He's speaking to us through his word. He has my best interests at heart. If I'm going to walk in the good old way, I've got to be obedient. Sometimes it may not be pleasing, but I've got to obey him. I've got to obey his word. See, because he's trying to develop me. He's trying to prepare me. He's trying to get me to where he wants me to be. In him. He wants me to reign with him forever and ever. And he already knows that disobedience can't get there. So see, I have to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Edelman's Bible dictionary states true hearing or belief or trust that in turns motivate the hearer to act in accordance with the speaker's desire. Amen. So if dad says to you, just to clean your room, I'm going to use you for an example. Notice, as soon as you hear that, you should obey. Yeah? Think about it. Obedience. Certain things, as soon as you hear from God's word, how does it apply? The application. God is, what are you speaking to me? You know, when I'm doing my devotion, And I read it. God, what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to do? Speak, Lord, as Eli Samuel said. Your servant here. You know, we have to learn how to be obedient hearers of God's word. True hearing and obedience involve the physical hearing that inspired the hearer and the belief to trust or trust that in turn motivate the hearer in accordance with the speaker's desire. Thus, biblical obedience to God means to hear, to trust, to submit, and surrender to God and to his word. Wow. Let me say that again. Biblical obedience to God means to hear, to trust, to submit, and surrender to God and to his word. Here am I, Lord. Whatever you want, God. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Whatever you want, God. Not my will. Let your perfect will be done. You know what's best for me. As the songwriter says, so lead on, Jesus. I'll go wherever you go and wherever you lead me. Obedience. First Samuel fifteen nineteen to twenty three. Wherefore then, Samuel says to Saul, Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, by by but this fly upon the spoil, and this evil in the sight of the Lord, evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Notice. He even showed right there himself in by his statement he didn't do what God told him to do. Because God told him to go destroy everything. And what he says, I, I got rid of everything but the king. I brought the king back. No, God told you to destroy it all, to get rid of everything. Thing. But the people, now he wants to blame the people. 
But the people took the spoil, the sheep and the ox, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Have God the Lord so great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Notice. God tells him to do something, and he does just the opposite. He only does part. And then he's going to blame the people for bringing the sheep and the ox and everything else back. No, you're the king. God told you to make sure you destroy everything. And he says, because you rejected the word and the voice of God, God has rejected you. Think about it. It's tough. It's tight. But if we don't obey God in his word, he has no problem rejecting us. That's why Proverbs 29.1 says, He that being often reproved, hardened his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. you got to be keep being reproved, then... There's no remedy. God is going to reject you. See? So we have to realize the value and the importance of obedience if we're going to grow in this thing. Because God wants us to grow. He wants us to increase in the knowledge of him. Amen. Because you rejected the word, God rejects us. See, we got to realize that we've got to be doers of God's word. Benjamin Franklin says, you let your child's first lesson that you ever teach them is that of obedience. Teach them to obey. Because everything else flows from that obedience. If you've ever been in the military, you know the value of obedience. You disobey, it's going to cost you. It's going to take some of your money out of your pocket. It may take some stripes off your collar, say, because they don't play disobedience. You have to learn to obey. What kept Moses from leading the children of Israel into the promised land? Disobedience. God told him, speak to the rock. And it will give water. But what did he do? He smoked the rock. He let the people get to his mind. And Moses says, okay, listen, you stiff neck, you stubborn people. And he took this rod and he, boom. Yeah, water came out. Water came out. But God told him, because you did not glorify me, you shall not lead this people into the promised land. You'll see it, but you're not going to lead them in. What a price to pay. Yes. See? And we have to realize, if God tells us to do something, 
then we need to do it if we planning on going into the promised land. I don't want to be like the children of Israel, get to the door and can't get in because of unbelief. They never obeyed. Saul never obeyed. When you look at his life, he never obeyed. And as a result, you see things he says, oh, I forced myself. That's usually what happens, is you force yourself to disobey God's word. You have to make up your mind to say, I'm not doing that. You force yourself. You, you force yourself to do it. See? And so, therefore, we must learn obedience. Obey them which have the rule over you. For they've got to give an account. How do you want somebody to talk about you? Like I said, you want people to speak well of you, good of you. Amen. And Ephesians 4.21, you know, Paul says to the church, you have not so learned Christ. Say, if you were disobedient, you didn't learn Christ. Look at Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, verse 7, and made of himself, number one, no reputation. Two, he took up him the form of a servant. Three, he was found in the likeness of man. Four, in being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Unto death, even the death of the cross. Notice, obedience preceded him. He was willing to obey, even if it cost him his life. That's the attitude we've got to have, brothers and sisters. He's given us an example. He humbled himself. Even though he was God, been formed and fashion as a man, he humbled himself. See, if you're not going to humble yourself, you're never going to be obedient. You have to be humble. Amen. Humble yourself in the fear of God, in the presence of God, and he will exalt you. See, we've got to be humble. Don't let pride cause you to elevate yourself that where you think you don't have to do what God says in his word. You've got to be humble. We're called to be humble servants. Say, Jesus humbled himself. He became as a man and being found as a fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Obedience went before him. Following obedience sometimes, it's not going to be pleasing. But I've got to hold on. Because I know that if I obey God, all things will work together for my good. Amen. Sometimes it's, it might be pleasing to say, you know, oh no, I'm going to take a shortcut this time and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, 
I'm going to tell a little white lie this time. No, you've got to obey. You've got to become obedient servants. Because rebellion is as witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Think about it. Wow. And when you look at Saul's life, how it went down, all because he never obeyed. God was trying his best. God had chosen him. God had anointed him to be king. He had many promises. When you look at Saul's life, God gave him everything he needed to be successful. All he had to do was obey. Amen. But he kept forcing himself to do wrong. And as a result, he never obeyed, and it cost him his kingdom, and he wound up dying. He became jealous of David. He became jealous. He was killing priests. He start, just lost his mind. He had evil spirits to come upon him. If you keep disobeying, then when God remove his hand, guess what? You open yourself up to all kinds of evil spirits to come in. See, so you have to learn to obey what God says in his word. Hebrews 5, 9. He is the author of eternal salvation to them that what? Obey him. Notice, there's no eternal salvation if you don't obey him. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So we must have obedience. Obey God. Do the things. Constantly in the Old Testament, you finally hear God's word saying to the prophets, they have not obeyed my voice. They have not done what I told them to do. Think about it. We must obey if we're going to grow. The only way I can grow in him is to do because the more I obey, the more he shows me, the more he teaches me, the more he brings to me. You know, when you're an obedient servant, you learn more things. You understand why you're doing things you're doing. You do your homework that the teacher gives you. What are you doing? You're obeying. If you don't, guess what? You disobey. If mom and dad says, clean your room, have your house, my room, your room clean when I get home, and you don't do it, what did you do? You just disobey. It's the same concept. See, we have to realize the value because rewards come with obedience. Promotions come with obedience. You get more liberty to do more things through obedience. Amen. You grow. All obedience is doing is you're showing I have initiative. I have respect for authority. So you're doing. Say, you're obeying. You want to learn. You want to grow. Obedience is, is more about a habit. It's more about self-discipline. Because I hear 
as the Bible says. As soon as they hear me, they shall obey me. See, if I want to know about God, I've got to do what he tells me to do. It's got to become a habit. What is the psalmist that says, I will behave myself in a perfect manner in my house. Because I don't know when the Lord is going to appear before me. I don't know when God is going to call me home. I want to hear him say, well done. I've got to obey him. Amen. He became obedient to death, even if it cost me. Yeah, he prayed, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, he says, I'll obey whatever you put before me. You know, that's why when Pilate says, don't you know, I have authority to release you or to put you to death. He says, oh, no. You don't have any power unless it was given to you from my father above. Say, you just don't understand, Pilate. You know, I could call legions of angels down here right now to deliver me. But no, I got to obey. That's why he said to John the Baptist, John says, I need to be baptized you. He says, no, we need to fulfill all righteousness. See, and that's the thing with us, with obedience, is we've got to fulfill all righteousness. If the church ain't going to obey, if those of us who say we are born again ain't going to obey, what do we expect the world to do? We've got to learn how to be obedient. It preceded him to the cross. He humbled himself and became obedient. Amen. Servants must be humble. He became a humble servant, even to death. Amen. Obedience is a must for true cross barriers. If you're going to carry your cross, you've got to be obedient. You've got to have compassion. You've got to resist to do wrong. You've got to obey. You've got to submit. If you never submit, you're never going to obey. If you never obey, you're never going to be a submitted servant. And you ain't going to make it into the kingdom. He wants us to reign with him. He's the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him. Oh, man. You want eternal salvation. We've got to obey him. Amen. Obedient to death. He made of himself no reputation. He could have, with all the things that he was doing, he could have walked around proud. (laughs) Look what I just did. Made of himself no reputation. He stayed humble. Say. Because when you're obedient, it'll keep you humble. He will exalt you in due time. You don't need to be exalted here. You want to come up, meet him up there. Let him raise you up there. Amen. To be with him in heavenly places. Amen. John 13, 15 through 17. John 13, 15. For I have given you an example, Jesus said, that you should do what I have done 
as I have done unto you. Verse 16. Verily, verily, I say to you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent greater than he that is sent him. If you know these things, notice, what are you? Happy if you do them. We're not greater than Jesus. We're his servants. He's our Lord. We're not greater than he. And he humbled himself. And he became obedient. He says, I have given you an example. Amen. He washed his disciples' feet. Almighty God was willing to humble himself. Amen. To give us an example of what true servanthood is all about. If we stay humble, we will obey. We will do those things he's asking of us to do. And we will see that we will grow. Amen. A grain of wheat has got to fall into the ground and die. If not, it's not going to bring forth any fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is not going to be evident in my life if I always want to be up on the high ground. If I think I'm better than everybody else, then I'm never, the fruit of the Spirit is never going to be elevated in, in me and be seen by others in me. But if I stay humble and I be obedient, then the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in my life. I will have the love of Christ revealed. I will have the joy and the peace and the patience and the goodness and the gentleness and the faith and the humility and temperance in my life. Because we will obey him. Amen. It's important. I've given you an example of how to be obedient. You know, when the centurion came to Jesus, he says, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come to my house. He said, you just speak the word and my servant will be made healed. He says, I'm a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. He says, and I say to this one, go, he goes, this one, come, he comes, this one, do that, he do it. And Jesus says, my goodness. I haven't found so great a faith. No, and not all Israel. Think about that. Here was a guy. He was humble. He was obedient. Amen. And look what happened. What a mighty God. Obedience. We got to obey, obey him. Amen. We don't want to smite the rock when God tells us to speak to the rock. We want to be obedient and hear what God is saying to us in everything that he is trying to show us, to teach us. Amen. Matthew 7, 21 and 22. Matthew 7, verse 21 and 22. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. 
Many shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. And I will say to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Think about that. I don't know you. You was never obedient. You never did what I told you to do. Wow. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that ye may do what? You may be well with thee, and thou mayst live long on the earth. Obey. Obey, obey, obedience. So you live long, long life, many days, well-pleasing to the Lord, obedience to God, hear, trust, submit, and surrender to the Lord. Amen. It's important that we have this, this spirit of obedience in us. Number four, wisdom, wisdom. The Oxford English Dictionary defines wisdom as the capacity of judging right and matters relating to life and conduct. Soundness of judgment in the choice of means and ends. Wisdom is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. Wisdom is the ability to think and to act and to use knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. See, we're not to be like the mule or the horse that have no understanding. See, wisdom, Solomon said, is the principal thing. Therefore, what? Get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get an understanding. Say, when wisdom is present and understanding is there, distression will keep you. Say, you need to be distraught in a lot of things that you do if you're going to grow. You've got to have wisdom if you're going to grow. First Corinthians one twenty four says, Jesus Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. You've got to be wise. You've got to know what you're doing, what you're doing. Say, all things are expedient, but all things don't edify. It don't build me up. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate pride, to hate arrogancy. In the evil way, in the forward mouth, do I hate? Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. 
By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. And they that seek me early shall find me. You've got to have wisdom. Amen. You've got to know the reason you're doing what you're doing. If not, you're going to wind up in debt. If not, you're going to wind up in bad relationships. If not, you're going to wind up with places you should never be. The enemy is constantly on the move. This is why Jesus and the apostles is constantly telling us, be not deceived. In the last days, perilous times are going to come. You've got to have wisdom. Amen. You don't just put your name on contracts and things without reading it and knowing what you're doing. You can wind up in a lot of trouble. You need to learn how to grow. You don't co-sign for people. All these things without having some knowledge of what you're doing. You will be held accountable. You've got to learn how to grow in Christ. And part of that growing process is wisdom. It's the principal thing. Get wisdom and all that understanding. Get knowledge. Say, no, no, you've got to have wisdom here. you got to think right. you got to be able to judge right. You want to make right choices and right decisions. You don't want to just be flying off the handle, making wrong choices. You've got to grow in these areas. Say, you're going to one day might get decided to get married. You're young. Right now is the best time to start seeking wisdom so that you know what, what kind of God do I want to marry? What kind of woman do I want to marry? You, you've got to be able to make right choices based on the Word of God. You know, I'm getting old, <laughs> you know, but I still have to make right choices. I've still got to make choices that's going to get me across the finish line. I'm not there yet. So I've got to have wisdom because I know the enemy is laying road mines and landmines and things to try to deceive me, to stop me from crossing the, crossing the line. You've got to have wisdom to do this stuff in life. If you have wisdom, you'll make right choices and your life will be successful. This is why the Lord told Joshua, he says, don't let this book depart out of your mouth. He says, if you do it, you will be strong. You have good courage and good success. Say, you've got to have wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Notice, we go right back to what? Obedience. He says, don't you go away from my word. That's to obey it. Keep it. You know, hide it in your heart. What did David say in Psalms 119? Thy word, verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart, so I won't sin against you. He prayed in Psalms 119, verse 18. He says, open thou my understanding that I may behold the wonders out of your law. In other words, teach me, O God. Show me. Say, 
Because I want to have the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of God so I make right choices and right decisions. I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. That's what the psalmist says in Psalm 15. Lord, who shall dwell in thy holy hills? Who shall dwell in thy, uh, uh, who shall dwell in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted his soul up to vanity, nor sworn to seek for, he shall receive the blessings of the Lord and the righteousness of our God. I've got to make right choices. I can't, now's not the time to make wrong decisions in life. I'm too close to the finish line. <laughs> That's right. I, I gotta stay on track. I gotta stay the course. I, and wisdom helps me to do that. That's why the book of Proverbs is nothing but a book of wisdom. That's why every day you need to be in it. The day was the 15th. You should have read the 15th chapter today. And I guarantee you, you would have heard it from the onset. It said, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Think about that. You learn how to give an answer. <laughs> we learn how to present the truth in love. We don't want to create an argument. A soft answer turns the right wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. We got to have wisdom. Forsake her not. Notice. Don't forsake wisdom. And she shall what? Preserve thee. Love her. And she'll keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. Amen. You've got to have wisdom, brothers and sisters. And it comes from obedience. You've got to obey. You've got to hold fast to God's unchanging hands. You've got to build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanged in hands. When this life on earth is finished, if to God you have been true, fair and bright your home in glory, will your rapture soul in view. You got to hold on. Amen. You got to be obedient. Stay obedient. You got to carry your cross if you're going to be his disciple. Compassion. Resistance to do wrong. Obedience. Submission, servanthood, got to have it if you're going to work, carry this cross. Amen. And make it to the other side. We got to have the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God in our lives. Amen. Amen. Praise God.